Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film I'm Thinking of Ending Things. You do not have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen, do be aware that we discuss elements of the plot and it will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Eat, drink, and be merry. Eat, drink, and be merry at the great new Dairy Queen. I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending things after watching that movie. We've been doing this podcast for how long? I don't know. How long has it been? Days? Weeks? <laughs> months? Over 169 episodes? Or maybe nice. even two? I can't even remember. Oh, sorry, did you hear that? You weren't supposed to hear that. But maybe you were. <laughs> maybe I, don't I know. was. Who knows? <laughs> um, do you want to go really off to... Uh, um, in for this episode. Do you want to go off to a not-dairy queen and um, get some ice cream in the middle <laughs> of a blizzard? Yeah, always. <laughs> I love Dairy Queen. I've never been. It's good. It's surprisingly good. And there are... Dairy Queen is one of those brilliant American inventions where there are like 10 different sizes of thing and it's got the perfect size for everyone. Most people are just getting the extra large, whatever it is anyway. But if you want the tiny little cup, you can have the tiny little cup. And you know what? The price increments properly as well. You know, it's unlike most things like airplane tickets where it's like cattle class, very expensive. Any other class, astronomically expensive and you would need a mortgage to get it. No, Dairy Queen is the opposite of that. So you get your um, chinchilla size cup. Yep. Uh, I, I assume that they go chinchilla, uh, greyhound, llama, <laughs> Indian elephant, sperm whale, moon are their size cups. <laughs> moon size cup. The moon size cup. That's, I love that old that old ballad. <laughs> I was waiting for my moon size cup. <laughs> It's a song from um, from the musical Oklahoma, of course. Um, yeah, I, or, or uh, a moon shaped pool, the Radiohead album as well. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I to mention Radiohead. How how many minutes in are we? <laughs> I've got Not even three minutes in. You've already mentioned Radiohead. Oh, this episode's going to go well. Got to put it in. Got to put it in. Um, so we watched. I'm thinking of ending things, which was my. <laughs> my suggestion um i'm not sure how you feel about this being my suggestion um well it was never going to be my suggestion or maybe it would have been well the thing is i like charlie calvin in general i haven't seen all of his films so i can't say that i like them all but the ones i have seen i like although this one i'm still not sure how i feel about it i'm still processing it I finished watching it not long before we started recording, so it's still quite fresh in my mind, but I think I'm still processing it. I know how I feel about it. Go on, then. It's fucking shit, mate. <laughs> it's a load of bollocks. It, this is... I've got two things I want to say here. One is this is the shoegaze fans version of Mother... <laughs> it's the first thing it is extremely like similar janitor <laughs> janitor um it is extremely similar to mother mark. um extremely similar to mother 
uh, even down to the way that it begins strangely but interestingly escalates into something tense and exciting and then goes into bullshit territory it has exactly the same arc um in your your text message to me you described mother as pure dog shit is (laughs) is the same true here i'd say well the one thing i'd say here is the acting in mother is pretty good the acting here is very good yeah um is is the saving grace of this movie is the aesthetically acting score all of it is exemplary but it's shit i think is is the way to put it Um, and in a way that's an achievement isn't it for all of those things to be going right about it for it it to still be bad i still don't know if i agree that it's shit but you'll probably be able to talk me around because i'm feeling kind of on the fence about it i loved everything about this movie apart from the movie I think is the best way to put it. You should put that one on the poster. Yeah, they really should. Um, so this falls into the very niche subgenre of films, which is this is a vaguely difficult to understand book made into a much more difficult to understand movie because art, yeah. Um, <laughs> which which happens every yeah, so often. Pretty much. So, sometimes you get those strange artistic novels where they find the perfect director for them and they they put onto screen the feeling of reading the book um which is uh, the case of high rise um mm. the, the movie of high rise is very very similar in tone and style and theme um to the book it's really really they they work incredibly well together and i've not read the book of this but from what i can understand it's much easier to work out what is going on in the novel of i'm thinking of ending things and i think a lot of it they've changed quite a lot of details for the movie which seems like it doesn't really add a lot to it um to make it even more difficult to understand um so and maybe they felt like in doing that they were being faithful to the spirit of the book but really it just comes across as obtuse doesn't it it really does it really does um and and sometimes it can sometimes that kind of thing can work so um you know you do get the odd movie where they take a a vaguely difficult book and and make it much more difficult like have you ever seen under the skin no um, what's that it, it is a scarlett johansson movie um where she is an alien and she comes down to earth and then she she's a sexy woman and she <laughs> uh seduces men and then lures them back to her spaceship and then they fall into a goop pool and get crushed and that's it and um, that's based on the book the sexy alien yeah, exactly. It's based on the book Sexy Alien Woman. By um, <laughs> Isaac Asimov. Yeah, exactly. The classic by Asimov. Uh, Asimov, he went by when he was writing books about sexy aliens. Oh, yeah, that was his yeah. a- his alias. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like Richard Bachman was, was um, Stephen King famously when he decided to not write horror. Um, and Isaac Asimov, when he was a, when he was a horny boy, um, wrote under the name Asimov. Yeah. Um, yeah so um yeah so it's it's directed by jonathan glazer who directed a lot of um very good music videos like um virtual insanity the jimiroquai video uh street spirit the radiohead one he directed some that is um, a good video i will give that to radiohead um and the credit doesn't really go to them (laughs) exactly and then he directed video for a dirge he directed Sexy Beast. Did you watch, ever see Sexy Beast? No, but I'm aware of the scene in which Ben Kingsley says no over and over again. <laughs> exactly. So I, I'm sure it's really good. It, it is. It is well good. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a book that the book itself is basically a critique of um, like McDonald's and fast food culture and and the um, industry of meat production, 
where basically her job is to do that um but then she gets a conscious a, a conscience over it and gets murdered by other aliens and that and that's the book right. and then in the film you know fuck all of what's going on uh, then none of that context is given it's just oh it's scarlett johansson oh this is cool she's walking into some weird pool of black and then the guy's taking off his clothes and walking around after her oh god he's just being crushed under the weight of the black goop maybe uh, they should have called it sexy meat <laughs> they really should have um and um and yeah rinse and repeat over and over with some with some quite it's a very distressing movie and very disturbing in various ways and it's very effective um even if you don't know what's going on and i'd argue that the same is kind of similar here with i'm thinking of ending things but i think it by not giving but by, by having so many hints to what's going on it then undermines the fact that you don't ever get that answer and you no. can't really you can't really work it out either um no. it's it's not the kind of thing where you know i i i didn't read up about the the original novel until after i'd seen the film because i wanted to see if it could stand on its own two feet and i'd suggest that it probably can't Yes, I, I, I think I agree. And I've now read a bunch of things about the book and about the interpretations of it where now it makes a lot more sense to me. But if if you have to do that to understand the film, then the film has failed, hasn't it? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and you can make all the kind of all the arguments about art and how art shouldn't necessarily be black and white or it should it's okay for it to be unknowable and it to- it totally is. But it still tried to tell a story or get something across that didn't get across i suppose did it communicate yeah i I, and i think that's exactly right is you don't have to spell everything out but you need to have that that communication to the audience which i think it was lacking yeah and i think actually Um, a a good point of comparison on that is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind which is obviously mm. it's the obvious charlie kaufman movie but movie but it occupies that that position for a reason which is that it's really fucking good and it's really intelligent and it's funny and it's emotional, but it has the perfect level of surrealism and and strangeness in there that le- does leave a lot of things open to interpretation and a lot of there's a lot of you know artistic stuff in there that you can in, you can enjoy at a distance, but it still tells an amazing emotional story that just has a great hook. Exactly, yeah, and and so that's. That's one of those perfect examples of how to put surrealism into a film and still make it accessible to people, um, where you understand what's going on at all times in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, really, don't you? It's yeah. you, particularly with rewatches, you gain more and more of, of a, the understanding of the depth of the society and 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 that kind of context. Um, but even on the first watch, it all comes together very, very well. And I don't think the same can be said about I'm thinking of no. ending things. I've seen Eternal Sunshine over and over and over, and I there was a thing in it that I didn't that didn't click with me until the, when we watched it for that episode, however long it was ago, which is the little the bit about Huckleberry Hound, which is where um, she says her name's Clementine, and like like the song, you know, like Huckleberry Hound. And that the first time it's it's actually the second time that they meet after having their memories wiped, and he's like, "Oh no, I don't, I don't know Huckleberry Hound," and it's because towards the end of the film in the flashback, you realise that that was part of the memory of her that was deleted, and that never clicked with me until the last time I saw it. And I think all of Kaufman's films are like that; they are probably worth rewatching. I mean, I'm never going to rewatch. I'm thinking of ending things, as you say, because it's it's too surreal and too confusing and too out there. 
Um, but if you were to watch it again, there probably would be little things like that that you would twig that would give you that bit of satisfaction. So to have that kind of rewatch factor is a good thing and is a testament to Kaufman's prowess as a filmmaker, but it's still too weird. Yeah, <laughs> too weird. Too weird, you artistic nerds. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I might rewatch it at some point, but I don't like this film. It's, I, th- I think it's one of those movies where there, there's things in it that I like, and so I might give it another watch. But I think in the back of my mind, I know that I'm never really going to gel with this. I know you enjoy a good maggot-infested pig. <laughs> I particularly enjoy the animated version of a maggot-infested pig walking around a high school. Leading um, the naked janitor <laughs> so you could see his saggy bum. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, and and I think part of the frustration is that I think for the most part, until the ending, um, and, and I mean until the, the very, very end, I think there's a... It's almost there. And I think if they added something at the end that really did tie it together... Um, which is what seems to happen in the book. I think it would work. It, it it would it would be salvaged because there is a lot. Yeah. Um. There's a lot here that does work. You know. Um, so I, in, I read in, that in in the book, it's all it's the janitor. So obviously, it is kind of told from her perspective, but it's the it's in the janitor's mind, and he's looking back on life and seeing it was actually just some woman he saw in a bar, and he's imagining what could have been, and all of that stuff is fine. And I think. You just could have done that maybe with a little bit more narrative framing of that, couldn't you? And then it would have maybe made it a bit more accessible. But I feel that, like, I worry that in saying that, we're just going to come across as Philistines who don't get this thing. You know, and that's, the, <laughs> that's the kind of thing with the, with this kind of film filmmaking and this kind of art in general, isn't it? If you, if you say you want more narrative devices, you look like you're the one that doesn't get this highbrow thing. Oh, when yeah, actually, yeah. It's probably just shit. And I'm, I'm I'm willing to say that it's shit with Darren Aronofsky because I, in general, don't like his work. But with someone whose work I do like, I'm always hesitant to to just go, oh, it's shit. <laughs> and and yeah, I think, I M- mother is shit. I, <laughs> I think we can say that. I don't like that film at all. Um, I think. And and I feel as though this this movie does fall into a similar category, and I do it's not a good movie i i think all of its individual components apart from the story and the narrative framework are excellent um and i think that's reason enough to watch it because i mm. think people should give it a go and they might get more out of it than i have um and and, the, and then you have but for me at least what's the what are you trying to convey if the audience cannot get what you're trying to convey yeah exactly exactly and it doesn't it doesn't have to be spelled out for you. It doesn't have to be Michael fucking Bay. As much as I'd love to watch <laughs> Michael, Michael Bay's, Bay's I'm thinking of <laughs> I'm ending thinking things. Of ending things. I, one, Janitor goes I, into school. Scene one. He's got a rifle on his back. <laughs> a tank pulls up behind him. <laughs> so there's a, the tank there's is a painted in the colours of the imaginary Dairy Queen. The the voiceover in the background isn't um isn't Jesse Buckley, it's the janitor and he's like I'm a crazy janitor, man, and I dreamed up a girlfriend in my head of a woman I saw once, and now I think she's real. And it's just that, just it, just really heavily yeah. explaining the point of the movie for the entirety of its 90-minute runtime. Just he's mad explosions. as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. But he <laughs> exactly. also wants to go to the Dairy Queen. He also, yeah, he wants a Dairy Queen. And apparently in the book it was called a Dairy Queen. Here right. it's called 
clown village or whatever the fuck it is Tulsi Tundra what is it that's yeah. it yeah something like that the stylization of that I thought was fantastic that was very cool it felt very authentic um and and so yeah I did I did really enjoy that and I th- I think that was one of those scenes that really worked as well and made you really think uh, that there's two kinds of the thinking what the fuck is going on here yeah there is the exasperated what the fuck is going on here? It's a which WTF what, movie. Which is what happens at the end. But then there's also the, what the fuck is going on here? Which is like the, oh, I'm very intrigued. And I think the scene at the fake Dairy Queen is one of those moments where you're really, what the fuck is going on here? And you really want to understand what's going on. But by the end of the movie, by and, and I think the end of the movie isn't, is, it's not one of the strangest things I've ever seen in cinema, but it is up there. You know, it's 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 getting. It's I thought getting... you'd enjoy it, given that you love musicals so much. I do love musicals so much. You're right. I think really what this film is about is an attempt to convince you that musicals are good, because tonally, <laughs> this is the kind of film that you like, right? Yeah, yeah. And visually, I feel like it's the kind of film that you would enjoy as well. But you know, it gets about half an hour in. He starts mentioning musicals. He starts naming musicals. They start talking about Oklahoma, and there's references to Oklahoma thrown in. And then eventually, it just sneaks in there with the big musical number at the end in a big affecting way. And I thought that would be a good way to sneak it and sneak the point over to you that musicals are actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't work, unfortunately. <laughs> Damn it! I um, paid Charlie Kaufman to do that. But I, but I thought even up to the. Um... Even up to the dance number at the end, where there's that fight between the janitor and, and the fake yeah. him. Um, Which apparently is um, like a ballet performance version of a scene from Oklahoma. Which is, and, and I thought Not that was really... a musical that I am overly familiar with. It was one of those ones that like, there was a cassette, a VHS tape of it at my grandparents' house, but we didn't watch it. More like Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> um, but I thought even up to that point, I was like, this is, this is really cool. And if it all comes together after this dance number and it tells me just a snippet of what the fuck is going on, I think it would be really good. But then it goes even weirder. So he gets naked, follows a talking pig, sees a, sees a, sees an animated version. An animated of, talking pig. That an animated like talking off pig. Yes. Watership Down, the original <laughs> good one, not the one that came out last year that looked like Fortnite. <laughs> um and then there's the musical number at the end where he accepts his prize for being the most frustrating man in the world um <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's about it's about frustrating men <laughs> yeah exactly um and uh <laughs> but he and- says in that thing doesn't he that's where it starts to get to maybe trying to sort of make a point where like the talking pig says to him oh i you know a person and their ideas are one go and get dressed which i quite liked <laughs> and that's <laughs> kind of trying to make some kind of big lofty statement about art and ideas i liked that and then whatever he said in the nobel prize speech was was good and was affecting and felt like he was making a point but he obviously wasn't because now i can't remember what it was well exactly and i was trying to think that as well i was thinking back to moments in this movie where you where you recognize what's happening um and i think at the end it really goes off the deep end and doesn't do that um yeah. which is which is its biggest failing and 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 throughout the rest of the movie you can see those snippets where it's going yeah okay yeah 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 that's all good um but then at the end it's just like no 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 you just you, he's doing a fucking musical number <laughs> why why he's got why a stage set that's been wheeled out um which, which is His which parents is, are there and they're in really bad old person makeup 
Professor Lupin looks like he has turned into the werewolf. <laughs> and it's really interesting because sometimes, like I said, sometimes this does work very well. So Under the Skin is one example. And then the um, the adaptation of Annihilation, uh, the Jeff Vandermeer novel that came out, I think it might have been last year or maybe the year before, is a wonderful movie um, directed by Alex Garland. I don't know if you've seen it or oh, read the book. No, I have not. Um, it's a super fucking weird sci-fi movie about this weird anomaly and people go through and weird shit happens and they never come out again. And it's all about one of these expeditions where this this woman goes in with the expedition and her husband went through in the last one. Um, and it's a very, very strange, very affecting trilogy. Um, and... I was very intrigued before I watched the movie to think, I wonder how they're going to actually convey this. And the answer is, yeah, we're not going to convey it. The, the movie ends much like this with a dance number between <laughs> between Natalie Portman and the weird multicolored demon clone of herself where they're mirroring each other's moves. And it's oh, just... like Black Swan. <laughs> exactly like Black Swan. Ba, 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 ba. Yep. Um, it's Bl- Black Swan. Swan apart from with giant mutant bears. Um, that sounds like an improvement. It. It's a, it's. A, <laughs> I mean, it is. It's a really good film. I really loved Annihilation. Um, uh, Oscar Isaac is in it as well, so you know it's good. Oh my man. Um, um, and and again, that's one of those things where they don't tell you what's going on. But equally, the book of Annihilation never tells you what's going on. Even even when things are explained in the final part of the trilogy, it doesn't explain where it's come from properly. It's just this is how it happened. But what happened before it happened? isn't explained um i'm really is... worried that this is charlie kaufman's precursor to him adapting infinite jest <laughs> it even mentions david foster wallace in the it, film it does it does this is this is the most i i'd say this film if you like infinite jest a lot if you if you're like if you have it if, if you've been on a zoom call recently and you deliberately put infinite jest behind yourself in the zoom call, i'm so gonna do that I'm going to put fucking, I don't know, Baby Yoda behind me in the Zoom call tomorrow. The Beastie Boys book has been in view for my Zoom calls for months now, so I do need to switch it up with something else. Uh, What could you put there instead? What's the shittest book you have? (laughs) What a question. I've got to look around. Well, I've got got a lot of kids' books. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what's the one that's going to make people think the most, who is this guy? That's what you've got Who to put is this guy? You. I already have a moustache, and I'm clearly the only person that anyone has ever seen with a moustache. I'm getting compliments on it. Oh, but, excellent. Like, you can tell when you log into the Zoom calls, it's like, hey, this guy's got a moustache. <laughs> it's the moustache guy. He the likes infinite guy. jest. <laughs> yeah. That's an that's why it has to, yeah, it has to be there. It's the only way I can get across that I'm a cool and different and interesting person. <laughs> So yeah, okay, that's your that's your job. You've got to put it there. But but this is this is the movie for people that do that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. This is this is the movie for those people. For the record, Infinite Jest is amazing, even though it's kind of like a meme, like oh, ha ha ha, like famously difficult book that nerds like. It is I... actually a really amazing book that I do think could be filmed in the right way. I I hesitate to say that any book is unfilmable because films like. Um, I'm thinking of ending things that are obviously films of books that you would think are unfilmable. It's not that they're unfilmable, it's that they can be adapted and every adaptation is an adaptation, as we know from Charlie Kaufman's film, Adaptation, which is a good film and is better than this. But yeah. I think it would be a difficult thing to do, but if anyone could pull it off, he probably could, as long as he could 
pull back on what he did in this film, which was just to kind of really go for it with the bits of the film that he, the bits of the book, sorry, that he obviously thought were really, really interesting to him, but didn't necessarily necessarily result in, you know, proper narrative cohesion. Yeah, and I I do find it interesting when people film unfilmable books and unfilmable works. Um, like June. Like June. You've seen the trailer? Uh, for the the tra- trailer looks well good. You've got Stellan Skarsgård in a fat suit taking a mud bath. I'm all <laughs> over that. You've got giant sandworms. You've got Timothy Chalamet being a, a sexy little elf boy in the M. desert. Night Chalamet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, you've got other books like The Naked Lunch, supposedly unfilmable, oh, book, yeah. which was which was adapted well by David Cronenberg. You've got um, High Rise, in Las Vegas. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um I'm always interested when people do that. Watchmen is another example, which sort of worked, mm. but also sort of didn't. Um, and I, I, I'm one of the defenders of the movie. I think the movie is a decent enough adaptation of a of a work that is very, very difficult to convey. I thought it was all right. Comics people didn't like it because they're nerds who want to be annoyed about something. Yeah, I think that's the main reason why. Um, I, I thought there was elements of it that didn't work um, because I think. It did miss the Welcome to the Watchmen cast, by the way. Paddy's Paddy's favorite comic, I know. Yeah, she he loves he loves Watchmen. Um, I like comic books and only traditional comic books with the superhero men's in them. Although I would say I the do Watchmen, really like Watchmen actually because it has an yeah. owl man in it. <laughs> I'd I'd say the Watchmen is the the opposite of the traditional comic book though because it is no it it is very good. The, yeah, the the whole point is superheroes are bad. Yeah, and yeah, it's amazing how many people read it or watch it. And don't who get owls that. the owl man, In- including DC Comics, who do not understand the point of Watchmen, even though they own it and are constantly republishing it. Um, because I found out today from a video that um, <laughs> the reason that they keep republishing it over and over is that they're stopping Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons from getting the rights back. So if it goes for a year oh, yeah. without them, if it goes for a year without them republishing the the, the original graphic novel, um, then dave gibbons and alan will get the get the rights back so that's why they just keep churning it out because that way they can keep making adaptations they can keep making toys of dr manhattan they can keep making shitty spin-off comic book series and things like that make a little hat of the owl man i'd buy yeah yeah what's his name night owl night owl his name Um, is owly boy (laughs) owly owly mcginnis Owly McGuinness, yeah. Owly um, McBeal. <laughs> Owly McBeal. <laughs> that's amazing. That's okay, that's TV show I would watch. <laughs> that's his name now. Whenever I read Watchmen again, I'm just going to replace it with Owly McBeal. <laughs> um, so, uh, so <laughs> yeah. Um, how did we get? Oh yeah, I need Watchmen you to do is a, a poster for that now. By the way. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, but yeah, Watchmen is um, an unfilmable comic book, but they did it and it was fine. Um, but this, it it feels like it's just too far up its own ass. I'm sorry, but but that's the main problem, isn't it? I really didn't want to say that or to think that, but I think you might be right. It's, it's just it's too easy to look at something like this and a, a director like Charlie Kaufman with the body of work that he has and say that he's up his own ass. But maybe he is. But I don't. I don't think he is. And I think you know. I've not seen all of his films, but what I've seen, I think, is is comprehensible. Um, being John Malkovich is amazing. Yeah, being John Malkovich is an is an incredible film. Um, I haven't seen Cynic Douche New York. Have you seen that one? No, that's one of those films that I've always wanted to watch. 
Um, I think that's like supposed to be his masterpiece, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, again, the, Philip the, Seymour Hoffman and I love him. And and I think the point of that is the spectacle, which isn't the point of this movie. No. Um, when, I mean, when... watching it as a, as a purely sort of visual cinematic piece, there's a lot to be said for it. As it, as in, it's very very uncomfortable to watch, even though there there is a very bleak beauty to it on screen. And at first, was of the first half hour, they're just in the car, and you're like, okay, this is still watchable, even though they're just sitting in a car. So, and a lot of it visually is very very striking, especially the the spectacle of the dance scene and the musical number. And of you know the these shots of things in the snow, and even the spectacle of the the Dairy Queen stuff is really really well done. So as spectacle, I think it works, but it's not enough. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the issue is that it lacks the it lacks the narrative strength to push it forward, and it lacks the thematic strength of. Uh, like the works of David Lynch, where the thematic strength is 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 incredible, um, to overcome how incomprehensible it is. Like you know, yeah. th- this movie makes about as much sense as Mulholland Drive, but Mulholland Drive has the power behind it of the theme, which is very easy to understand despite the narrative. I've never um, seen Mulholland Drive. It is very very good um or or you know blue velvet's another example where oh, yeah. you know that this the the key mystery in that is is pretty straightforward dude finds ear uh, you know <laughs> where did ear come from but it goes on that very bizarre adventure from there um but the the thematic elements of it are what makes it so strong and that's why david lynch's work stand out so well even if they are bizarre and they are strange and and they don't have traditional narrative uh, plots to them um whereas here i think thematically it doesn't have that strength which means it can't get away with being as strange as it is in terms of 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 leaving the the the, the viewer with no answered questions i think that's really astute actually because you can either be wondering, okay, what's going on? Or you can be wondering, what the hell is this about? But if you're wondering both of those things at the same time, it's too much. And that, I think, is the problem here. Yeah, and I think if it went one way or the other, it would be fine. You know, you could have it... You, you, you could have a script as 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 bizarre as this. And, and I think for the most part, it almost gets there. I think all of the elements with the parents in the house you realize either okay there's some kind of weird time loop going on or it's all in his head and he's living through all memories at the same time or something yeah. like that um all all of that makes perfect sense um but then the when it veers towards its end point it loses that because you're thinking both of those points at the same time what is this thematically what the hell is going on yeah and i th- i think when it when it was in the parents house and the parents were doing their thing and being embarrassing and awkward that was the point where i started to think okay now we're getting to something is this actually about him and about him sort of his identity and him discovering who he is and the the genuinely the surface level sort of awkwardness of bringing someone home to meet your family maybe it is just about that and the way it's doing it is in quite a surreal way that's trying to dive deeper into this character's mind but then it yeah it went off in a completely different direction from there yeah, and I didn't necessarily mind that. I was I was very surprised, almost refreshingly surprised, when halfway through the runtime they leave the parents' house. I'm like, oh, this is unexpected. I wonder where this is going to go now. Um, but then you've got another half hour in a car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, okay, we're back in the car again. They're talking about 
clever books and films they've seen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Which, that was the bit where it did feel up its own ass. That that fucking bored me when I was at uni, surrounded by these people. Let alone watching a film about these people. Now, like, is there any way to do that on screen without it just looking like someone saying, "I've read some clever books"? Yeah. The other person needs to turn around and say, "Yeah, but have you ever watched Predator? Predator's well fucking good. <laughs> it's got an invisible yeah. alien." Have you seen Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> it's got Jim Carrey in it as Doctor Robotnik. Yeah, exactly. Uh, th- that's what you need. If you... And he goes, of course I want a latte. I love the way you make them. <laughs> Which is the greatest moment in cinema. I think that that's the only way to offset someone talking about something smart in a film and not appearing like you're being a bellend. It's yeah, just to immediately the, the sacred bring up... and the profane. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now that sounded like something an asshole in a Charlie Kaufman movie would say. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah sorry the the real version what i should really have said was the clever and the shit <laughs> the smart and the good i think it is yeah mate i i the would good, rather the bad and the ugly i would rather watch predator than this i would rather watch sonic the hedgehog than this i would yeah, rather definitely. watch predator than most movies regardless of how smart they are that's because predator is a good movie because predator is is a good entertaining movie is, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, is, I'm thinking of ending things, entertaining? Yes, I would say so, definitely. Um, even at the end, when it when it loses its way, it's still it's still entertaining because it's got a little musical number and an animated pig talking, Yeah, um, which is entertaining in the same way. <laughs> it's entertaining in the same way that Mother is entertaining, although Mother becomes quite dull. Um, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm um, going to have to keep that one in now. <laughs> that was my response to mother um m- mother becomes quite dull at times um but for the most part it is entertaining it's got a weird cult of people that move into their house and then eat their baby spoiler alert for mother <laughs> anybody um it's a very weird bad film um which again is all about imagery and symbolism yeah um but in a much more heavy-handed way so i suppose that's the one difference between this and mother is that this is much more subtle a mother yeah. is just hitting you over the head repeatedly with its message. Yeah, it, um, it didn't do that, and I did appreciate that. Yeah. It um, almost went too far the other way. I, I mean, it did go too far the other way because it lacked that thematic strength. What it didn't um, have was a kid who can't stop trying to fix people fixing broken pots with gold. <laughs> yeah. Where was where was his pot collection in his bedroom? That's what I wanted to see. Yeah. Um, instead it was all like dvds and books and stuff of clever stuff yeah exactly i watched a smart movie i read some essays here's I watched the a film that had russell crowe in it <laughs> here's a here's a poem that i wrote um i love russell crowe i will not hear a bad word about russell crowe yeah i've never He's... seen a beautiful mind either um it is good we could watch that at some point yeah um yeah, and um, I, th- I genuinely think the last film I, I watched that had Russell Crowe in it was when we did the episode about Lamez those years ago. <laughs> really amazing. So I don't know if I can watch a film with Russell Crowe again because I always want him to be Javert in my mind. Well, if you want to watch another very good movie where he sings, um, the real history of the Kelly Gang or the true history of the Kelly Gang. I forgot what his ah. name is, but the Kelly Gang movie that came out earlier this year. Before lockdown, that was the last movie I saw in the cinema. Oh, um, gosh. Mine was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> before that, I think it might have been Cats. So um, that would have been <laughs> good. 
um but yeah the um the 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 real history of the kelly gang is an incredible movie really really good from the director of the most recent macbeth adaptation um it's it's super brilliant and he's in it and he sings a song where he says the c word quite a lot and it's very very funny um sounds great so yeah go and watch that everybody it's really good um incidentally i think cats is on streaming services now oh really should we do a (laughs) rewatch yeah redux (laughs) We've never done that, um, have we? We haven't, no. So we, sh- we should do that with, with our most infamous episodes. Yeah. Um, Maybe when we get to like the the double of whatever episode it was, so it was episode 100 and something, if we get to 200 and whatever, we'll do it then. That's a good idea. Yeah, we should, we should do that. Because I've already got a, a surprise for episode 200. Oh, wow. I'm very excited. Can you remember? I have texted you about it. Oh, I can't remember, no. I'll, I'll okay, just good, have to leave good. it as a surprise yeah um but um but but there are things about this movie that are good i think it's worth pointing out um i would agree that it is entertaining i was entertained i was gripped i was interested all of those things while watching it but i also still with all of those things going on that almost makes it harder to get past the what the fuck is going on and what the fuck (laughs) is this about (laughs) yeah um so, so so here's a few things that i i really like um about this movie um and and it's the minor things it's the the detail in this film is really good so i think the sound design is excellent and you've got that Mm. weird that very weird journey at the beginning um and just things like the sound of the windscreen wipers going just creates this amazing tension and that clearly was a deliberate thing because it's got this constant rhythm this constant ticking in the background we've got these windscreen wipers going and going and going and going and it's it's almost like this constantly um ever-growing noise is very fascinating the way that they included that and i thought that that added a lot to the scene but but more than that you've also even got the framing so did you notice that this is in a 4-3 ratio i did yeah i loved that i thought that was really really effective and it, it gave it often that that will give a film a sort of a certain 70s 80s 90s quality but it didn't do that at all did it it just made it feel claustrophobic and it went really well with all the scenes in the car and the school or whatever yeah i I thought it was it was really effective yeah and it's not the only time that a modern filmmaker's used that technique recently so the lighthouse um the robert eggers movie with um oh yeah willem dafoe it's it's not as good as the witch i'd say the witch is a very very good film i'd say the lighthouse is decent but it gets a it's a bit full of itself uh (laughs) which is a bit of a shame but but again it's in that for free framing and um that adds a lot of claustrophobia to it and obviously it's a very vertical film because it's pretty much entirely set in a lighthouse or around a lighthouse so having that there is really important and i think this is a movie about being trapped really isn't it and that ratio decision adds a lot to it um and also here's my wanky statement of the episode um it seems as though it, it seems a lot of the time um geographically this movie doesn't make sense there's a non-euclidean sense to the geography in this film Uh, come again a uh, non-euclidean which is basically where (laughs) thank you um it's basically where the rules of physics don't really apply there's Um, no geometry here there's no geometry here and i and i think this movie felt like that didn't it is it's very disorientating because they're in this really long journey they're in this house where none of the rooms really make sense in terms of where they are um the house is very much like this maze but i mean and things are have you been constantly. to oklahoma 
<laughs> is that what Oklahoma's like? I've heard that that's just what it's like. <laughs> you, 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 you enter Oklahoma and 20 years later you leave, but for you it's only been 15 minutes. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what happens in Oklahoma. And it's, it's well documented in the musical Oklahoma, but as neither of us has seen it, we can't comment. I, I do know the song in Oklahoma, which is just someone screaming incomprehen- uh, <laughs> uh, incomprehensively for 15 minutes solid while someone bangs a con in the background. Yeah, Oklahoma was made by the band Slipknot. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Everyone knows that. I would listen to a Slipknot version of Oklahoma. Of Slipknot, if you're listening... <laughs> No, we know we know we know you're big fans. Uh go and do Oklahoma, please. Um but yes, the non Euclidean uh geography in this movie and it adds a lot to that sense of disorientation that the the, the viewer has. And yeah. I think that was very effective. Even though um, they're always on their way somewhere. Yes, but you never understand where or how long it's going to be or anything like that. Or like I said, even in the house or in the school, it all feels like a maze that can't be mapped almost um which is good um i've also written some very incomprehensible things which i'm not sure if i'm going to remember um this one i do you could probably turn those into a novel that will win the booker prize i could i could um or maybe it'll get turned into a netflix movie adaptation who knows um i did enjoy david thewlis going hmm all the time (laughs) after everything that was great "Hmm, i'm northern (laughs) i'm northern in oklahoma in oklahoma um uh but here here's a few things i don't know if you'll be able to to help me with these um yes drag wordsworth queen <laughs> they, they have a conversation about poetry and he's like you know wordsworth and she's like nah okay that yeah actually yeah i do <laughs> and remember she's a that. poet she she says something like that title's too long doesn't she or something like that um yeah okay yeah i do remember that yeah drag wordsworth fucking right drag wordsworth yeah. Who does he think he is? lonely as a cloud. Bullshit. Clouds aren't lonely. There's thousands of them up there. Yeah, they're they're the most popular kind of vapor in the world. <laughs> um, and then I've added, why is there so much poetry at the moment? Because I think that's because we've had really loads of poetry in these movies recently. Although, if it wasn't for Wordsworth, we wouldn't have had um, the song Xanadu by Rush, which is one of my favorite prog rock jams. So you know. Oh, there we go. I do have to thank him for that. I listened to that on the way to my baseball games. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, and then finally, uh, I, hmm, I, I, I fully, I fully agree with this sentiment, but I'm not sure where it came up. Yeah, fuck you, Mussolini. You were shit at trains. You fat, dead, fascist bastard. <laughs> so they must have mentioned Mussolini at some point in this movie. Um, and yeah, fuck you, Mussolini. I do not remember there being any mention of Mussolini. And he was shit at trains. You're fucking shit, Mussolini, and you're dead. Sucks yeah. to be you, Mussolini. <laughs> Shut um, up, Mussolini. So yeah, they, they must have mentioned Mussolini at some point. You don't remember them mentioning that. No, I don't. Maybe maybe that was just a, some kind of fugue state that I was sent into by this movie. Yeah, but um, you know, that that could well have been mentioned at some point. Yes. There is a bit as well where they talk about how Baby It's Cold Outside is a rape anthem, and I appreciated that. Because it is. It's a horrible song. Yeah. Get we, out. We've discussed that before. We have, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so so Get Out. That's a rubbish, rubbish song. Um, but, yeah, so... It, it, uh, but I think the the acting is great, isn't it? 
I think. Yeah. Um, is, is, is another thing to take away. So I think all of the cast is really good. Um, Jesse Plemons always plays creepy guys who shouldn't I be have, in a relationship. I don't know if I've with seen someone. him in any other things. Um, so I've seen him in a few things. He's in an episode of Black Mirror, um, a very, very good one, um, which is kind of a play on Star Trek. It's it's very fun. Um, and then he was in another um, another Netflix movie called The Discovery, which is a very strange film about. Um, Basically, a scientist discovered the afterlife and published it. And unfortunately, um, that led to lots of people committing suicide because they knew there was something else on the other side and it's got to be better than here, Um, which is a very horrifying philosophical thought. Um, Yeah, and and it's a very interesting movie. It's it's actually something we could watch for this because it is kind of about a romance. Um, it stars oh, it, it stars um, Robert Redford as the science man, but then also oh, Jason Segel okay. as um, as a seagull. Um, it's an animated <laughs> movie. <laughs> Chekhov's the seagull. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we could watch that at some point. It's an interesting film, and he's 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 in it. Our boy Jesse. Um, but then yeah, Je- right. but then the other Jesse in this movie, Jesse Buckley. She could do anything now, I think, and I would watch it. If she can yeah. if she can do a movie like this and pull it off, I'd watch her fucking playing every member of Slipknot in a Slipknot biopic and it would be <laughs> Hey, she could do it. I mean she could do it, that's the thing. Um You could be the clown. Because she's she's amazing. Like genuinely I mean, one to watch for future Oscars, I think. Um Yeah, a hundred percent. Everything I've seen her in, she has been really, really good. Yes, yeah. Um, and yeah, same here. So I'm I'm very excited to see where she goes next. I know she's in um, the new series of Fargo, the TV series. Um, oh, okay, I've not seen that, but obviously the film is a masterpiece. It's it's a cool show. I only watched the first series of it, but it is um, what I've seen of it is is very very good. And then obviously she was in Chernobyl last year, um, which was which was excellent, and um, and Beast, which we watched on this podcast, which is yeah, which was a uh, really good film. Yeah, that is great. If you've not seen Beast and you're listening to this, um, go and not watch it. Not to be it. confused with Beastly, which we also discussed. <laughs> yeah, don't confuse the two. No. Um, yeah, Beast is an amazing movie and it deserves to be seen um, by more people. So so do go and watch that. And um, her performance in this did remind me of her performance in Beast a little bit. Mm, um, mm. There, are, there are some similarities in terms of um, her sort of falling in with a guy and you're not really sure what's going on and there being a sort of se- a sense of impending doom. Um, there, was, there was a link there that I did appreciate. Yeah, definitely. I think her character had those kind of similar nods there. Um which I guess is part of the reason why she was so so well cast for this. But I think she really did give it an energy and give it a depth that I think might have been lacking if someone else had taken it on. So, um, yeah, she, yeah, she's great in this. Um, but then obviously you've got Tony Collette and David Thewlis, who are both brilliant. They're um, fantastic, yeah. Um, but but even the, the, the minor characters as well, I think, really do add a lot. You've got, um, God knows if I'm pronouncing this correctly, so I apologise if I'm not, but... Um, uh colby minifee um who i know from the boys which is a good tv show um she she is i just saw a trailer for that on tv just now actually it's very very good um again 
Superheroes. Very bad name and very bad title sequence and artwork that looks like that um, Evanescence artwork we talked about on our other <laughs> show that looks like it was done in a sixth form art project. I know, it's really trashy. Um, but it is, it's another one of those great things. If, if you're sick and tired of watching superhero movies like all good people, then watch The Boys instead because it's another one of those things where superheroes Who are bad. Who watches The Watch Boys? But, but unlike Watchmen where you need to think, The Boys is let's fucking blow them up yeah it's great it's, it's really funny it's a very very funny show it's got a lot of good satirical critiques of uh the current entertainment industry and of comics um and of and of superhero movies and the idea of a superhero in general um but yeah like i said it's got lots of explosions and people blowing up and people swearing and jokes um so cool. so yeah got i on. like jokes uh yeah so get get on that but yeah she's in that and she's very good in that as well she's she in in i'm thinking of anything she's the the other she's the the female lead in the movie within a movie yes i loved that i thought that was a really really good moment yeah directed by robert zemeckis (laughs) which was great i i really enjoyed that bit and 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 that's what i mean is there's there's moments in this movie which really work and are really interesting but it's just I still can't recommend it. I still can't say that I think it's a good film because it no. it lacks that certain something to elevate it beyond how difficult it is to follow. Yeah. It's not going to be an easy ride. It's not something to put on at the end of the day when you're tired. No, you need to um you need to watch it just not maybe not immediately after you've had a coffee but about 30 minutes after you've had a coffee. I yeah think. when the, Ele- yeah the caffeine's really worked its way through your entire system and you're like right i'm ready <laughs> right, for this. i'm ready for this let's watch Bring this it on. and let's let's look at every single detail and work out what's going on yeah staring very intently at them as they are in a car where you can't see anything outside the car <laughs> yeah precisely time. precisely um but yeah it's it's um it is an interesting film i just i just can't recommend it i think which is a shame no watch it if you think it's the kind of thing that you'd be interested in and you will find things that are interesting about it but whether it's enjoyable i don't know yeah i think (sighs) interesting doesn't always mean enjoyable does it no and i think just because you liked eternal sunshine it definitely doesn't mean that you'll like this no or even if you like being john malkovich no no it's 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 even it's more difficult than that by a long way um so so yeah it, it does come with a warning that it's yeah. not it's For fans not of the musical oklahoma <laughs> yeah that's the that's the one group who can who can watch this and not worry about um stuff like the the dead frozen lambs where you're like why are yeah. you showing me this what is, is the they, point of they're this? frozen they'll be fine <laughs> it's like sure okay um yeah fine um yeah it's uh I, I I was a, a bit disappointed because it really was it was more difficult than it needed to be and I don't like it when things are more difficult than they need to be for no apparent reason it didn't fe- yes, didn't feel like there was a good reason for it no I, I totally agree with that and again especially if it's adapted from a book you know it's it's almost more forgivable if someone pulled it out of their ass yeah yeah exactly is is there's a framework here that they could refer to and they it just feels as though they decided to take it one step further than it needed to go without really anything to support that decision beyond 
<laughs> yeah, let's let's piss off Rob Gordon. <laughs> they 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 made it just to annoy you. Yeah, exactly. That's that's I, I Kaufman was there, just going. Oh, you know what? I fucking hate that Big Boys Don't Cry podcast. It's they the liked, worst podcast I've ever heard. They, they liked my other movie, and I'm <laughs> furious about it because I wanted them to hate it. Why does everyone? They like liked my, my popular movie that everyone likes. It's like when a band won't play their popular song anymore. It's like that. <laughs> like uh, like Radiohead like radio playing Creep. creep. Yeah. <laughs> or placebo um, and Nancy Boy. Like yes. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's it's like that, isn't it? Is just yeah, we we really want to annoy Rob Gordon in particular. Come on, um, Charlie Kaufman, just play the hits. <laughs> can I can I just point out that for once, um, the IMDb reviews section, as in from IMDb users, has come up with something that's not total shit. So if you if you look at um if you look at i'm thinking of ending things the sort of main user review that's come up is titled prerequisites ma literature instruction manual read the book open mind time <laughs> like that's a really good <laughs> description of what you need if you want to um want to really get to grips with this um because i i, I do think maybe <sighs> I wanted to give this a crack in its own right, but I kind of wish that I had read the book beforehand because maybe if I had, then you would have got more out of it. Yeah, it just would have illuminated things a bit more for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does feel as though it's lacking that. But like you said, that's part of the... Um, that's part of the, the issue is that you can't just watch it. You need to do your homework. Um which never works, like in the most recent Star Wars movie where various explanations of it were hidden behind random shit on the internet. Yeah, but it was also extremely obvious and basic. <laughs> yes, and took all the yeah. things that are like, oh, we know that fans like this about the original films, let's just do that. Did you? Did you Why see... try and do anything different? Welcome to the We Hate Rise of Skywalker <laughs> cast. I don't hate it. I still like it because it's Star Wars, but not that like every Star Wars is good. You know, I still appreciated how it brought things together, and there was still good spectacle and whatever. And but it just was not what it should have been or could have been. See, I haven't been able to watch anything Come Star to Wars. Me on Exegol. <laughs> Exegol. He loves his scrambled eggs. <laughs> scrambled Exegol. Scrambled Exegol. That's um, what a Sith eats for breakfast. <laughs> That's going in my joke book. <laughs> um, but I've not been able to watch anything Star Wars related since, because every time I think, oh, maybe I'll watch this, I think, yeah, but Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> and, Especially as there's a lot of good Star Wars on Disney Plus now. Yeah, and that's, a, that's the thing, is it has kind of put me off Star Wars, which is maybe a good thing. Maybe it's finally time for me to grow out of my Star Wars phase. Um, but... <laughs> equally it's sad Star Wars and is always going to be there though That's yeah the i it's just like the biggest intellectual property ever there's going to be shit churned out every year until we're dead well the, the problem is that they're not going to do that because they're taking a break from movies after the 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 sequel trilogy like was a bit shit and I'm like, no, just fucking double down and make something new so people Isn't can forget a about Fett it. Movie coming? No, that's been kind of shelved. Everything's For been everything's been pushed back because there's been such a backlash to the Rise of Skywalker that Disney's kind of taking it out of the out of hot water for a bit. Yeah. And I'm like, no, just double down and give us something new. 
They're like, doing a second series of The Mandalorian. Though, right? They are, yeah. That's coming out this year. I still need to watch um, the rest of that. It's very good. That That's very good. And I will watch that. And hopefully that will make me forget about Rise of Skywalker. But um, yeah. But yeah. Because it's, it's, it's got Baby Yoda in it. It's got Baby Yoda in it. Who is better than anything in the sequel trilogy. Um, but yeah, did you see today that apparently at the beginning, they were thinking of making Rey Obi-Wan Kenobi's granddaughter. <laughs> yeah that's that's even less believable than palpatine because obi-wan kenobi clearly does not fuck (laughs) exactly at least palpatine you think yeah palpatine was probably fucking his way around coruscant when he was a senator yeah um you you saw him with his you know his slick back hair and his his sort of nice what what was it they wear like a tunic he's you know when he's (laughs) in that kind of blue get up you're like yeah Yeah. he fucks he's just going around to the different bars uh, where people are offering him death sticks do you remember that from the second the second episode two you don't want to buy some death sticks sticks. you don't want to (laughs) but yeah (laughs) he's going around there and he's like i've got diplomatic immunity want to fuck Um, yep, that's that's how it happened. <laughs> that's exactly how it happened. Um, you know, you and McGregor wouldn't have done that. No, exactly. He was too much of a gentleman. Um, yeah. Slash, <laughs> slash uh, soy boy beta cuck, as, yeah. as it turns out. Alec Guinness, you could believe it of him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was um, he was getting down and dirty with the sand people, the Tuscan Raiders. Yeah. All the time. Um, but yeah, no, not 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 you and McGregor's Obi-Wan. He was... No. He was definitely definitely celibate but whether incel or non-incel i'll leave that up to the audience to decide yep um <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway right would you like some trivia about i'm thinking of yes please things? yeah i think we've said all we need to say about yeah. it haven't we um so uh brie larson was first announced in the main part before being replaced by jesse buckley uh. um and i i like brie larson but i think jesse buckley was perfect for this film yeah it would have still worked. Yeah, it, it would have still have been worked. as impenetrable and as WTF. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, a little bit of trivia about the car scenes, because I know you love them. The first car scene lasts roughly 17 minutes. Uh, the second one lasts 22 minutes. So you, right. sp- you spend a lot of time in this movie, about basically 40 minutes of this film, looking at two people in a car. I'm glad that I know that. Um, yeah, so um, you know, I'm glad you enjoyed that that fact. But yeah, that's it for the trivia. So I guess I guess all that remains is to to um, to rate this. Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, so so, how many Oreo gunk things do you buy from Fake Dairy Queen? <laughs> fake Dairy Queen. I would buy, let's see, eight of a possible twenty. Maybe yeah. that's even a little bit too mean. Maybe even nine. Yeah, I think that's right. Because I, I found it difficult because this... How do you rate this movie? It's like saying, ah, oh, this this gets a, a purple out of potato rating. You know, it's it's, it's that kind of <laughs> film where you can't really rate it. But yeah. I think... I think A pig out of a frozen lamb. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, I think there's... Mm, I think I'm going to match you on nine in that I don't like this film, but there's bits about it that are very interesting and very well done. And I think that's to be commended, even if it shits the bed at the end. There's a lot of it that is really respectable and that is good. 
there's so much good filmmaking buried in there. It's just that it never gets over the the what the what's going on factor. And you know, nine points is almost halfway there. Of it's almost a Bon Jovi, and all of the the really good stuff in there is are contributed contributors to that. But ultimately, it still fails. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that's a that's a fair assessment of it, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. But do watch it if you if you've an open mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think give it a go is is the yeah. the the that that's the real rating of this movie, isn't it? Is give it a go and see what you think because you, you might you might get more out of it than we did. It's not light entertainment. No, no, no. Unlike most of the garbage that we talk about. <laughs> and speaking of garbage that we talk about, what have you got next for us? Well, we're sticking with Netflix, um, but we're, we're going to hit up Love Guaranteed, which has been very popular of late and looks like, you know, light entertainment. A nice romantic comedy palette cleanser after this. I do not know this movie at all, so I'm excited to find out what the Again, about. every time I, I open it up, it's right there. Oh, wow. Okay. I Love quite... Guaranteed. I think it's just come out. I get I'm thinking of ending things and you get love guaranteed. <laughs> I think, yeah, the, that's this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, dear. Yeah, it's about a guy who hires a lawyer to sue his dating app because he's still single. <laughs> Lol, is there a more 2020 film than that? I. <laughs> well, yeah, Apocalypse Now, probably. probably <laughs> Marlon Brando better be in it. I'm excited. Oh, yeah, sorry, I've I've set up some expectations now. <laughs> Crucially, this is what you know a, a good solid ninety minutes rather than two hours fifteen. So cool. Okay, that's good. I'll be able to I'll just take up through it. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot for listening in. We really, really appreciate it, and we hope that if you have watched, um, I'm thinking of ending things that you did enjoy it or that you did get something out of it. You know, we. We will always try and talk about interesting and different films on here, so I'm glad that we did talk about it, and thanks for being along with the, along with us on the ride. Yes, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it more um, than we did, and but at yeah. least found at least got something out of it, even if you didn't love it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod on the emails Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at Gmail Always love to hear from you. Any film recommendations, etc., trivia general rantings you know we're we're here for it try and sell us death sticks you know wh- whatever you want to do we're open are we stupid for not understanding this movie let us know <laughs> yeah email us and tell us we're stupid please oh let me before we finish let me just tell you something um i received a hate comment on one of my articles <laughs> what yeah um i did a review of a game called kingdoms of amalur which is a game that is a remaster of a game from 2012 that that i loved at the time and has not aged well and um and some random crank from florida um they're always from florida (laughs) they are always from florida um came came on and and said yeah your review shit basically or i don't need to read your review to know what i think about this game bearing in mind this review came out before the game is released so (laughs) He must have had to have read your review to put that comment there. Yeah, exactly. Unless he just like really quickly sc- scrolled down. Going, I'm not looking at the review. I'm not reading it. I'm just seeing who. I'm just seeing who posted it, so I can send them offensive stuff on Twitter. Scroll down um, to the comment section, and then and then he instantly blocked me after leaving his comment. 
Oh, was this on on the social media? It was it was on the Twitter. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, so uh, he left a le- left a hurtful comment, then immediately blocked me. I'm like, okay, that's a very well, here's what I think of that. <laughs> I think it's a very healthy reaction to a a game that you have not yet played yourself to be that annoyed about a review that's come out. <laughs> Well, fuck you, that person. That's all I have to say <laughs> on that matter. Um, but if you'd like to send me more abusive stuff on Twitter, then go ahead. Tell me, yeah, I'm st- tell, tell me I'm stupid for not understanding this movie. Yep. Come on, Kaufman stands. <laughs> yeah, get Come on for us. us. Come for us. <laughs> all right. If we're still here next week after we've been taken down by the, the Kaufman stands, we'll be back next week to talk about Love Guaranteed. Alrighty, bye-bye. Alright, bye. Eat, drink, and be merry. Eat, drink, and be merry. Eat, drink, and be merry at the great new Dairy Queen.